0: Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. And welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Pieper. As we... Get set to take a look at hot starts, cold starts, uh, uh, in the American League. We tackled National League the last time we were uh, uh, together. Now we'll be taking a look at the American League and assessing uh, the first, uh, just what the first quarter of the season here through to see who's on the, uh, who's begun the the quarter of the season on a heater, who's uh, uh, looking to warm up, uh, and so we'll take a look at that here uh, today as we uh, tackle again the American League. Uh, Before we get any further, as always, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all your snacking needs for baseball games, movies of choice, and summer festivities. Come hungry, leave happy. Uh, spring and summer is uh, here. It's always a mixture back and forth in Wisconsin this time of year. We had a week that was uh, warmer uh, than the state of Florida. Uh, and now we're back to kind of the, you need something, uh, another layer in the morning and then be ready to take it off by the uh, the afternoon. So it's a little bit of uh, everything this time of year.
1: It is. It's Like you said, you get used to the cold then you get used to the hot. Now we finally, I guess, have spring instead of winter or summer. And I think that's part of the reason that, and a lot of people complain about pollen. I don't really have allergies, but I don't think it overly helped my father as he got sick. So, a lot of people at the popcorn wagon asked, My dad is doing fine. He had a little like UTI thing going on, but he's doing okay now. He will be back next weekend, I would guess.
0: Any uh, uh, more uh, talk on the uh, specialty uh, items? And you've already unveiled one. Uh, So far this year uh, With more of the uh, honey style Uh, And now uh, Any talk on what's coming up next
1: Next uh, Instead of working on items I've been working on uh, online ordering So that's I think that's been taking up a little bit of my time recently So I have not been working in the lab on a new popcorn That'll probably be next week actually After Memorial Day I'll start working on a new popcorn But right now it's been Plowing through Shopify And seeing if I can figure out how to
0: get everything organized the way I want, so... Keep on the lookout. That's that's, uh, still a a significant one out of the the, uh, River Creek uh, lab, uh, uh, concocting things for uh, uh, expanding the ability to uh, taste in all its goodness. Uh, Normally it's right around the very regional to uh, connect with it, but now there's folks that are also listening here that if they're from uh, different areas of the state, different states altogether, that uh, you're saying there could be an option here soon uh, where they would be able to... uh, uh and, and enjoy the experience known as river creek popcorn
1: yeah on the lookout yeah we've we've shipped i think i've done two shipped orders in my life and you actually know the lady that got them where she's a friend of ours together it's now so uh we're getting closer to having it more readily available i'm not there yet i got to get the shipping figured out but
0: we'll stay tuned right. uh, for further updates and uh for further opportunities to uh uh, and enjoy some of the, uh, uh, the not only the best popcorn in uh, in Wisconsin, but we're going to go a multi-state here uh, in the country. So we'll look forward to further updates on that, as well as other specialty items uh, as the summer unfolds. Speaking of summer unfolding in the American League, there's a lot of uh, positives, a lot of those that are still waiting to see. Uh, let's start in the American League East. Uh, and uh, again, we're going to go team by team. We're going to talk about someone who's on a heater and another one that needs to, to heat up. So why don't you kick us off with the, uh, the New York Yankees that uh, are making uh, baseball's life and uh, all the media very happy to have the Yankees to market. Uh, who's the one that should be marketed right now with a 29 and 12 record? They are the team that is chasing to be MLB's first 30 win team. Whether that comes today as a, as of a recording or or next game or what that may be, uh, they are definitely the first team in line to try to accomplish that. Yeah, they've been incredible. They've been way better than I thought. So a plus 67 run differential. Uh, that offense, Bronx Bombers, uh, is living up to its name. It has the second best offense uh, in runs scored in the American League, uh, and their pitching has really also been the story as well. With only 128 runs given up as I scan throughout the American League, that is the American League best. And that and that's what we're going to talk
1: about here, right? Because. We thought the offense would be good. We could talk about the cold start of Joey Gallo, but it hasn't really like you said they're still doing fine offensively and they're winning games. But the pitching, whether it's I think we said, you know, Garrett Cole's gonna be good and but Luis Severino has looked pretty much like the Luis Severino of a couple of years ago again and Ty owen has been okay. But the one that's really stepped up has been Nestor Cortez. Yes. He had a great year last year, but no one really seemed to buy it. Last year it was ninety-three innings, a two nine ERA 103 strikeouts to 25 walks, but nobody was really buying in, at least he wasn't talked about a whole lot, but kept it up this season. He's at 45 innings. He's three and one right now. 56 strikeouts, a 180 ERA, 0.88 whip, and a 204 ERA plus. The reason it's easy to doubt a guy like Cortez is that he does it in a manner that's atypical. He's comes together, he throws it. kind of I've called him Johnny Cueto light. He comes with a million arm angles. He does weird rocking motions on the arm. He has almost no fastball velocity to speak of. StatCast has him in the bottom 5th percentile, but it's not affecting his other stats, right? StatCast also has him, you know, top 10 percentile in K rate. And expected stats, ERA, slugging, batting average, all top 10 percentile. What he's really done is become kind of the starting version of what, like, Mariano Rivera was, where it's just cutter after cutter after cutter. And
0: it's cutters and fastballs, and that's why this can work. Yeah, he's been uh, a early season uh, uh, surprise that hasn't gone away. He's continued to uh, show uh, excellent stats. Uh, so if you're looking at uh, someone to say who's on, on a heater, and especially a surprise heater, uh, that would be the name. I'm going to go expected uh, here with uh, the day of the season beginning. The announcement that uh, there's no contract extension coming with Aaron Judge, and so you're talking about the biggest name in the in the walk uh, walk season, uh, and man is he producing uh, to begin the year three eighteen average, fifteen home runs, thirty one RBI tonight, and then adding to his <laughs> um, his uh, AL lead, uh, his one point zero six five OPS. Uh, he is everything that you'd want to be driving the uh, the lead uh, train uh, in the Bronx Bomber offense. Uh, he he's got to get paid. He is looking for that paycheck. Uh, and you, uh, the Buster only was the one that came out in the last week here. So wondering who are the rival uh, executives who are the ones that could be uh, willing to pay him? with the Yankees are not. Uh, and I think the biggest rumor that came out of that is he might be able to stay in-state uh, to another owner that yeah. very much likes yeah. to hand out the big checks, uh, and plus that's a way of, of throwing salt in the wound to New York, taking over a little bit of Big Apple stuff. I could definitely see that happening, but the, the concerning one, uh, it, it's hard to find on the team that has the best record, uh, best offense, best pitching staff. Uh, again, you can say, yeah, Joey Gallo if, if you want within it, but it's not really doing a whole lot. Ah, uh, Josh Donaldson is showing age. Uh, he's not uh, he's okay, but not not bad, not good, just kind of uh, middle ground. Here's the concerning one. Uh, and he's done this before, so you know it doesn't necessarily have to be an omen for anything. Uh, but a the Chapman is going on the I.L. today. Yeah. Uh, and in fourteen innings pitched, he's given up thirteen hits. That's not bad. The ten walks to go with it is not good. Uh, and the uh, strikeouts is barely, again, 9.6. That's solid for for a lot of people. He's been well up in the high teens, if not 15 per nine, when he's at his peak. Are we getting to the point where Chapman is no longer uh, considered that elite level of closer?
1: I think so. I, I've i been kind of sort of off on Chapman for about a half of a year now. Ever since the sticky stuff last year, the the velocity dropped, and I'm sure he was... He's one I would feel very confident was using something to get a greater grip on the ball as hard as he throws it. Now, what they've always had to rely on is they still have other good arms there. Clay Holmes has been awesome this year. Michael King's been awesome. They've always had bullpen's ch- been good. They've always had Chad Green too. He just had Tommy John, so that one's out. So there are chinks in this armor. They look very good right now, but you know, not having all this Chapman at the back end will certainly hurt. I think they just got Laizaga back, so that'll help. So it's. I am concerned about Araldus Chapman. I think he's he's older than people think too, because he didn't come from Cuba until he was older. So people it doesn't seem like he's been here that long. I think he's thirty five, thirty-four. He's in that range. So eventually a hundred becomes ninety eight and ninety eight becomes ninety six, and then it it could go south in a hurry for Araldis Chapman is what I would say there.
0: Well, as we move to the team second in the AL East, that is the Tampa Bay Rays at twenty four and seventeen. They are at a plus twelve run differential. Uh, Their offense has actually been better than uh, people always think of pitching and defense with them, right? Uh, And if you look uh, last year, they had an above average offense in the American League. Right now, they sit fourth in the American League, uh, uh, tied actually tied for third uh, for uh, most runs scored. Uh, to this point 168 runs given up though uh, is is uncharacteristic the amount of errors is uncharacteristic uh and then the amount of injuries that they have uh, endured uh from uh Manuel Margot has been on the I.L. Brandon Loud has on the I.L. That's going to be significant time. Uh, you're looking at uh, other guys like that are nursing injuries that maybe would go on the I.L. If there was more available, Wanda Franco is dealing with the quad issue. Uh, pitching has been devastated. From uh, uh, You still have two key members from the bullpen uh, that have been out, including Nick Anderson. Uh, you have... Uh, uh, Andrew Kittredge just went on the I.L. So you're uh, dealing with back issues, I believe, for him uh, and... Uh, so starting uh, rotation uh, being' Shane Baz uh, out there for two months though he just started rehab uh, and pitching in games and the bigger question was not the two innings and he started a third and, and got four strikeouts the bigger one uh, was that he felt good the next day uh, that's always what the uh, coaches are looking for or looking to see uh, but overall this is still despite all those things 24 and 17 uh, would put them neck and neck in any division that uh, doesn't have the New York Yankees uh, out to their, their torrid start. Uh, so when you look at uh, hot stretcher, person on a heater, who are you picking uh, to be at the, at the top of the list? This was kind of a tough team because even though they are scoring runs, I wouldn't
1: say a lot of their hitters are full-on clicking. Um, Agreed. But, but they're still not bottoming out either. They're not Joey Gallo. It's not Nelson Cruz we talked about, Joey Votto. Those guys have looked terrible. So I decided to go with an overperforming pitcher, I could have said Shane McClanahan, who I is basically be taking on full on ace leap here, but I think that was always expected he could do that. It just probably wasn't this soon. I didn't think it was going to be this year. He took a more giant step forward than what was anticipated. Yes, so I'm going to go with the guy who was a relief pitcher until last season, but looks great, and that's Drew Rasmussen. So Rasmussen in 38 innings, four and one, 34 strikeouts to eight walks, a 2.33 ERA. whip, 146 ERA plus. The stat cast stuff is all kind of meh other than his fastball spin, which is excellent. What's different about him is he's kind of dropped a changeup in exchange for, just like Nestor Cortez, dropped a changeup in exchange for more of a cut pitch, cut fastball, and it's having success just like Nestor Cortez. So I guess the question is, Does it keep up? Is he suddenly just this rock-solid, you know, you mentioned Shane Boz, Shane McClanahan, those are going to be your top two, and if you ever get Tyler Glass now back at some point, maybe, but uh, is Drew Rasmussen just back-end number four, number five starter going
0: forward here? So let's take everyone back one year. This last week was the one-year anniversary of the Willie Adamas trade, Uh, and this is one of the examples a year later that you can see it has been a win-win uh, Brewers were either either two games below 500 or two games above 500 at the time of the trade. Uh, they won and never looked back. Uh, they were never below 500 uh, after that point. Uh, it was a uh, he, uh, Willie Adams struggled with uh, seeing the ball well at the trap, uh, and that uh, uh, on the road he batted over 300. Uh, then he went to a place where splits no longer mattered, and it was no longer there, and he took off in the way that the Rays expected him to. Again, he was made available because Wander Franco was being called up, uh, and the Rays got two pitchers in that deal and Drew Rasmussen and J.P. Fireisen. Uh Drew Rasmussen was actually signed by the Rays in a previous draft, uh, and they didn't come to an agreement, and so he went back in. Part of that was because of a second Tommy John surgery that was going to take place, uh, and so that's what scared teams from putting him in the rotation was having the two Tommy Johns. Uh, he was looked at and h- highly regarded first first-round pick, uh, and, and it's just the injury issues were the concern. Uh, he has now made 18 starts for the Rays, and 17 of those 18 starts, he has given up two earned runs or less. Uh, that is... Uh, Uh, by all measures and metrics, very good. Uh, And so you'll you'll gladly take that. J.P. Fireisen has pitched, I think, 18 innings now. Uh, Has not given up a single run yet this season. Uh, Everything that the Rays could hope for out of that trade, they got. Everything that the Brewers could hope for out of that trade, they got. Uh, But Drew Rasmussen, is uh, it's all health dependent. But as far as getting five or six innings, uh, it'll be well above average. He is a, a top three in a rotation arm for five or six innings, he's not going to give you more than that. The Rays are going to be cautious with the amount of innings they put on his arm. Uh, but as if you look at the uh, not only starters in regular season, but especially postseason, that's as long as starters are going anymore. So if you can do two excellent through the uh, times through the order, they talk about right TTO, right? Two TTOs. Uh, he is elite through two times through the order, uh, and that's all that st- uh, teams are looking for anymore. I like the hot start. Uh, who do you have for cold?
1: The cold player I have, and it's not, he's not been terrible going forward, so I should clarify here. There's there's different levels of cold, but the cold player is, it's Mike Zanino. We, we always sort of, you know the batting average is going to be there, but the power's always been there, right? Well, the power is kind of mad, too, right now, like... You can live with the 148 average when he was hitting, I think he had 32 home runs last year. And he started out hot from the beginning of the year. And now he's at four home runs hitting 148. And when healthy, Francisco Mejia has kind of replaced him, it seems like. So It last year he looked great. This
0: year it's just been kind of you're You're waiting for it to turn on. And, and the concern always is, what if it never does? And, and you're getting that concern out of him uh, at this point. Uh, that's definitely one uh, that that warrants uh, waiting to to heat up. Uh, The other one is, and they'll be waiting for a while due now to injury, but Brandon Lau, uh, this was a guy that has, in the last couple years, top five, top eight MVP voting uh, level within it. Hit 39 home runs last year. Uh, He was uh, a huge power guy. He was a key figure of this offense. He started out with uh, with a slump. Things weren't clicking. And now went on the aisle where he's going to be out for at least a month, if not uh, more than that, like leading into the All Star break uh, with a back issue. Uh, and and he said that's now been the what he's tried playing through and hasn't worked. So if if this actually helps him, where well, then he can have a great second half of, of the year, that's awesome. But right now, this was meant to be the top name outside of Wander Franco for their offense, and they have really not gotten anything from him to begin the year. That's definitely a significant blow uh, to uh, players that they were counting on uh, coming into this year. move on to Toronto? Let's do it. So Toronto,
1: this was the team that I said could have a historically good offense, but not so far, not even close. Do you have the number of runs they've scored They've scored
0: 147 runs, and that ranks them... I believe they're dead last in baseball in runners with scoring position right now. And they are one, I'm doing a count here, two, three... I think they're fourth worst in the American League. Yeah. for I mean, it looked like the, the 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 Dodgers of Canada. As far as the you look at that starting lineup, who would you not want uh, from that starting lineup in yours? Almost every single player they have say, "Yeah, I would want them over the player that we have." Uh, it is that type of level, but the results have not been there. And you just you noted one of the key stats: runners in scoring position. It's not there. There's plenty of cold hitters to pick from, so I'm going
1: to go with the coldest of the hitters, and maybe it's a little unfair because he missed some time with an oblique injury that maybe still been affecting him because it's been ugly. Uh, last year's breakout star was Teoscar Hernandez, 28 years old last year, 92 runs, 32 homers, 116 RBIs, 12 steals, and 296. He looked like the next superstar on this team, along with Bichette and Vlad Jr., but this year it's been ugly. Now, it's 69 at-bats because of that oblique injury, but... Five runs, two homers, seven ribbies, one steal, one fifty-nine, a forty-seven Opelius plus. There's not enough at bats to register all the Statcast data, but you know, I can an easy one to look at is once again the career low BABIP at two hundred right now, and his suddenly awful five degree launch angle. Like it will get better, but once again, I think it was Tyler O'Neill when we last spoke, and I said, "Is would you be all that surprised if Tyler O'Neill's year last year was the best of his career?" And you said, "No." W- would I be all that surprised if? Tiasker Hernandez has another year where he never hits 32 home runs in 296. No. Like, that could very well. First off, we we always overlook the fact that they played half of their home games last year in minor league parks. Like, yes. And Toronto's a good hitter's park. It's not uh, Salem Field, and I don't remember the name of the field in Dunedin, but those were really, really easy
0: parks to hit at. So, Tiasker Hernandez will be better than this. And you have to factor in the ball being different this year, so that suppressing offense uh, uh, that is there. You put uh, uh, bandbox uh, minor league parts in, in, uh, in Buffalo and in uh, Dunedin, Florida, and then you have uh, the, the ball issues, and that's going to impact things. In addition to oblique, like it's the uh, series of unfortunate events, uh, is what's describing Oscar Hernandez at this point. That low babip means it's going to get better. And, again, from a fantasy perspective, I would still be targeting him if you have the depth to stash him. Uh, and I would not be looking at starting and putting him in in there now, but if you can get him uh, and you have the depth to do it, uh, and I, I still would, would buy his second half.
1: Here's a guy that, okay, so we talk about this offense plenty, right? Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman, George Premier, Tasker, Hernandez, Second on the team right now in Oplate PS Plus is none of those guys. George Springer leads the team. Second, Santiago Espinal yeah. playing second base. fully fu- At this point, Kevin Biggio will get traded, I think. He needs a change of scenery. He is completely lost. I believe he's back down on the minors. Actually, I know he's back down on the minors right now for them. So, But Santiago Espinal, now last year it was kind of quietly 26-year-old, but he hit 311 in 92 games. Once again, 220 at-bats. But come off this year, we're already at you know 13 or Fourteen runs, two homers, fifteen ribbies, a couple three steals, hitting two ninety three. That's that's really solid. And there, he's basically moved into a full time playing role. Which, even though they're cold right now, I still think that historically good offense that ain't going to happen. It's they're already falling too far off that pace. But I still think it's a pretty good offense. I still think by the end of the year, the team collect. finishes top five ish at least in the runs. So, it any as
0: many people as you can get on an offense like that, you want. You will say, and with the offense being what it is right now, it's hard to find someone that you put on a on a heater. But on the pitching side, uh, there's two guys you can pick. I'm going to pick the one where, again, they've been excellent at nailing the free agent. Update. Aaron <laughs> Judge has now, I believe he's at 15 going into tonight. He's now up to 17. That's his second for the night, as the Yankees have tied <laughs> Orioles. Um, Kevin Gelsman. I was concerned coming into this year, him leaving uh, San Francisco, non-DH territory at the time, Pitchers Park at the time, coming up to Toronto uh, and into the American League. I was concerned about what that would be. Uh, I think it only took me two or three starts to, to eliminate those concerns. Uh, he has looked every bit the part that he has in the in the Giants. Uh, he has been the, the ace that uh, Toronto wanted to pay for. Uh, and and to pay him versus Robbie Ray, maybe we'll talk about that later. But the uh, an excellent fit there. That's who I have for for Heater. There, he is at a fifty-seven to three strikeout to walk ratio. Let me let me repeat that. There, fifty-seven <laughs> to three. That uh, I I believe that's what you call good. I say,
1: that that's pretty decent. You you want that? It was. Garrett Cole last year, right, who started with like 47 or something to no walks, and I know there was talk, I think Kevin Gaussman walked one before he broke that record, but we're getting, that's, yeah, he's certainly on the short list of AL Cy Young Award leaders early on in the season. As Larry David would say, you know, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty pretty good, that's right. Let's go to a team that's been pretty good the last week after starting really slow, and they have at least passed Baltimore now, but... Boston is up to fourth at, I think, 19-22. and 22. Yep. Before this past week, I would have had Trevor Story in this being extremely cold, but then last week he had a three-home run day, including six home runs, one of which was caught by Johnny Gomes sitting on top of the Green Monster, which is pretty cool. And nice. right now he's right back on pace. Meanwhile, after the hot start, Alex Verdugo has cooled way, way off. Uh, 13 runs scored, three homers, 16 RBIs. Hasn't stole a base, and here's what's weirdly really weird. The 214 batting average for a 64 OPS plus. He's never been someone who strikes out much, and that's better than ever. Top 3% in the league in Ks right now. But he's got a career low Babbitt, but it's also because he also has a career low in line drive rate. I think his batting average will rebound, but you know, I, earlier this year you mentioned that you thought increased power was possible out of Alex Verdugo. That, that changed. That Ooh. hasn't coming to permission. I think Verdugo's career, and this isn't – it's not a rip, right? Because I think he's just capped at Michael Brantley, who is a good yeah. hitter. Line drive hitter. But you're never going to get Doubles and runs. 15, 15 homers. Like That's about Michael Brantley's cap even prime. And I think that's probably Verdugo, where he could have a very nice career in Boston. Now, it's not going to be Mookie Bats, but it's going to be 15 homers, 80 runs, 80 RBIs if he bats in the middle, and like 290-ish. Now, that this year, that's going to be hard, but... It's never going to, I'm not sure it will ever alleviate some of the anger about getting rid of Mookie Betts. But been a slow start for Alex Verdugo. Hopefully he can turn some of that around here.
0: Uh, Raphael Devers, on the other hand, uh, is uh, everything you'd want out of uh, an MVP candidate. That is my prediction, remember. Uh, Yep, and a 3.35 average. Uh, He is worth over 2.1 wins above replacement already to begin the year. Nine home runs, 24 RBI, uh, 15 uh, doubles. Uh, uh, that is everything. I mean, everything you'd want uh, to be. The only you could try to pick at is only uh, only eight walks. So his uh, on base percentage is only thirty points above his average. But that's nitpicking at this point for one of baseball's best two way players.
1: Leading baseball in doubles, total bases, total hits. Yeah, and it seems like man, he's just be getting up there. Rafael is like twenty five years old. Like I think people forget that. Just be he got up and he put up an all star season at. 22 and was tracking. Raphael Devers is 25, so there's a long career ahead of Raphael Devers. It's just a matter of will it be in Boston? He's a free agent in a couple years, and they've already got issues with another superstar in Xander Bogarts, who's apparently not very happy there, and so they have some issues going forward. I do want to mention under their pitching, uh, Garrett Whitlock has looked really good. Whether it's been the last week or so, it's been kind of iffy, but on the year, he still has a three- one or three fifty eighty RA. Eight. That's between starting and bullpen. He's had six starts, some bullpen appearances in there. But overall, when he's
0: been out there, Garrett Whitlock looks really solid. As of this recording, Boston is uh, the American League's hottest team off a five-game winning streak, eight and two in their last ten. Uh, they are plus one in the run differential, and at nineteen and twenty-two. Now, uh, you know they were being written off uh, most likely now prematurely, uh, as you see guys heating up. Uh, and coming to, uh, coming back together there, so we'll see what uh, what's in store. As it was expected to be a four team race, and there to be pretty tight overall. Uh, there's everyone can have their clear favorites within it, but uh, a four team uh, above five hundred record, and and that still looks like uh, that is going to be the case as we go to the final team the American League East. This isn't last year's Baltimore Orioles, uh, but uh, they are uh, a negative thirty six in the run differential. Uh, the offense uh, kind of surprises me. They're at 147 runs scored among the lowest in the, in the American League. I don't expect them to be near the top, but it seems like they're, they're a little bit lower than maybe maybe anticipated. 183 runs given up uh, at, at this point, but they are competitive. Uh, they're going to finish at the bottom, but they are definitely more competitive. And so far this season, I don't have the numbers, but Buster only was the one to point out that their bullpen uh, is over the last month has been one of the best in the American league. Yeah,
1: I think, you know, it's an overused term, but like the word is scrappy, right? Like they, they're gonna keep coming and the players that you would expect fo- to have good production all have positive OPS plus. Like that's Cedric Mullins, he's not as same as he is last year, but a one oh seven OPS plus means he's above average. Mountcastle's Castle's at one oh nine, Santander's at one twenty four, Trey Mancini so the players you would expect are giving them production, are giving them production. And, you know, they've got weaknesses. Ruben doors are is our starting second baseman. He, we know what Ruben Neto is. Jorge Mateo, your boy, is, you know, he steals a lot of bases. I don't know if he's actually good at baseball. I don't think he is, but he does steal bases. And if you're a Orioles fan, congratulations. You got to see Adley Rutschman. He made his debut this week. Superstar catching prospect. Had a triple. I think the next day he scored a run. So that's, you know, that you're hoping that you get... Will Smith, like you shoot for the stars there. You know, I mean, you're hoping you get Johnny Bench, but we'll see. But you, you could get Will Smith or something that quality as far as catching goes. So, without a whole lot of high expectations on this team, it was kind of hard to pick an underachiever, and that's why they're in last. But I'll stick to an overachiever in Bruce Zimmerman, the starter. It was really good until his last start, where he gave up five earned runs and five innings against the Yankees. But still, forty-one innings, two and two, three forty-eight ERA, thirty-four strikeouts to ten walks. 125 whip, a 112 ERA plus. He's not really getting lucky other than a little home run luck, but the home run luck could very well be because suddenly Camden Yards isn't a pitcher's park anymore, it's a hitter's park because they pushed the left field wall back 30 feet and raised it up 20 feet up into the air. So suddenly home runs are not flying out of Camden Yards like they used to. Which And some hitters have some very vocal opinions on that. Yeah, the ones that play in the AAA ballpark that is in New York like. I'm like, dude. Can you really complain about that? You play in. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. about that too. But um, as far as Zimmerman goes, not rich has really changed. It's a, it's a better pitching environment for him, and that's helping him. Here's what I'd say: He's probably a serviceable number four arm. And this year, you know, he's going to be asked to be quote unquote the team ace. But let's look to next year, right? Because that's what we've always said about Baltimore. Next year, you get Grayson Rodriguez. He's the top pitching prospect in the minors. I would expect him up June. By June 10th at their latest, right? D.L. Hall's another excellent pitching prospect that they have coming this year. You get John Means back from his Tommy John, suddenly Bruce Zimmerman is your four. And you texted me, you know, this team isn't that far away from competing for 500. And I agree, it's not going to be this year, but this year next maybe Next year they could. Next year, this year, 70 wins is in the realm of possibility. Next yeah. year you're pushing
0: 500, and then two years from now, you're possibly back that's, and competing here. That's, that's without spending a dime. Hmm on outside improvement. So you're seeing a farm that is coming closer to producing at the major league level and getting the experience that they need uh, and then looking at the, the next wave. So again, this is where we saw like Detroit like last year just about at, at this point. Now, that's a team that hasn't taken the next step. They've taken a step back at, at this stage. We'll come to this AL Central in just a, just a few minutes. Uh, but uh, the only other one I'll highlight again, Trey Mancini, a uh, guy coming back from, uh, uh, from cancer. Uh, he's batting two ninety-seven, three sixty-five on base percentage. The power is the only thing that isn't there yet. Uh, but he's almost worth uh, one win above replacement right now. Solid guy, also in a walk year as, as well. So whether or not uh, they keep him and try to re sign him as part of this, or whether he's a trade candidate at, at midseason, uh, we'll see what, what takes place as time develops. Uh, as we move to the AL Central. Uh, looking at the uh, uh, Minnesota Twins atop the division at 25-16, and 16. this is a team that was aggressive this offseason and, and making moves to uh, try to, uh, to compete. Uh, they signed Carlos Correa. Uh, to a contract, they made some trades, uh, moving guys around uh, within it. Uh, they cleared the contract of Josh Donaldson off the books so they could sign Carlos Correa instead. Uh, they have 178 runs scored, 141 run, uh, runs against, plus 31 run differential. Again, as of this recording, they're on a four-game winning streak and seven and three in their last ten. Who do you like so far? That is on a heater to start the season.
1: Boring name, not boring results. When you talk about Joe Ryan. Forty-three innings, five and two, a two twenty eighty ERA, a sub one point nine nine WHIP, forty-two strikeouts to fourteen walks. We mentioned him last week when discussing the Nelson Cruz struggles because they will be linked for a while, as this was basically, I think it was the only piece actually that went back to Minnesota for Nelson Cruz. Another
0: minor league pitcher was uh, included in that. He was certainly the
1: big part of it, right? Correct. his minor league track record actually indicates there's more K's coming per nine, but he's another kind of weird pitcher because he basically throws two pitches, a fastball and a slider, and he 56% of the time he throws that fastball, 25% of the time he throws that slider. That doesn't leave a whole lot left to be throwing anything else. And it's not that his fastball, you know, Hunter Green, after some struggles, has seemed to figure it out with his 102-mile-an-hour, 103-mile-an-hour fastballs being his big pitch along with a slider. Joe Ryan is not throwing it that hard, not even close to that hard. His is more of the deceptive thing where people just don't square it up. I think Joe Ryan is going to be very good, but it's more of a mid-3 ZRA where, as opposed to a low-2 ERA, which still good,
0: just probably not quite as good as what we've seen so far. So are the Washington Nationals listening? Because here, here's the hint. This is why you trade guys in a walk year uh, and try to get something for them. This was a team that has been notorious on hanging on to players uh, with within it and then not getting anything in return. What did Minnesota do last year? Here's a, a DH. Uh, here's someone that, you know, maybe they resigned in the offseason, maybe they don't. Uh, they trade him, and what do they end up getting? Uh, a top of the rotation arm. Uh, within, if you are not in contention and you have players that are not signed beyond this year why would you not roll the dice and see what can happen because at worst you' have minor league depth or a guy that doesn't matter to someone who's not going to be on your team in three months anyways or you can get a Joe Ryan and there's repeated cases of history of why you do this you and give them the any fans when you're worried about the uh, well this means that we're now telling fans that we're selling we're packing it in we're now giving up on this season again, show them, the, show them a picture of Joe Ryan next time because this is exactly what you do as an executive. Say, this is what we're hunting for to create a sustainable team. We can give you this guy for three months or we can give you another guy potentially for six years who can produce on this team. It's a no-brainer uh, for needing to detach yourself from having to admit uh, that, okay, yeah, this year's not happening. But there's so much more that can happen. What the Twins did in the, the deadline last year, Extremely effective. They added young talent. Now they went on and added uh, free agents on top of it. And you have other players that are developing. Luis uh, Areas uh, is one of the biggest surprise stories uh, from uh, 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 from the this season so far. Uh, 336 average. Only uh, not exactly a homer guy, uh, but he is a, a spark plug. He is someone that is... He doesn't strike out ever. Yeah, it's uh, an 18 to 8 ratio. 18 walks, only 8 strikeouts. Uh, he is consistently getting on base uh, and producing. Uh, and that's a, uh, again, getting uh, table setters in front. It, we don't have that many guys that truly fit the, the old school leadoff bill. Can we talk about a
1: player that I was annoyed with them for as I were preaching the good things that they did? Yeah. Carlos Correa gets hurt. They call up your number one overall prospect, Royce Lewis. Okay? You get you give him 11 games. He hits Five runs, two homers, including a grand slam, five RBIs, hitting three hundred eight, and then the next day you send him down because Carlos Correa is back. You you couldn't tell you, me
0: you can't find a position that for him. You
1: cannot find a position. You have uh, here is one Kyle Garlick. I don't know how much about Kyle Garlick. He's a thirty year old dude hitting two fifty. Yeah. Play Royce Lewis. Like why is he? I think I've seen since he's been back in the minors the last week. I've already saw he hit two more home runs down there. You're wasting time, Twins. Just call him up. Find a spot for a player like that. Don't and be near time. Left field is Nick Gordon time. hitting 260 right now. Left Gordon Nick Gordon's hitting 260 in left field with two RBIs. Play Royce Lewis. That's that's my saying, especially if you're in first place. You want to win some games here. You're you're doing better than I thought you were. Don't waste time.
0: Let's talk about a team that is underachieving. Oh uh and uh a ne- and fully underachieving. Negative twenty two run differential. Who's uh, the manager here? Sorry. Yeah, that our 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 boy. Uh our 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 boy, T D uh we T D Tony D T L R whatever. Uh, when he wins, I'll get his name right, but the uh, uh, or his initials right. But the White Sox are twenty one and twenty. Uh, the pitching isn't terrible, but the offense is only a hundred and forty eight runs scored. That's only one above the Blue Jays uh, for teams that are at the bottom of the barrel uh, going on here. Let's start with the negative. Who's the coldest of the cold? Uh, Who is in, in desperate need of a warm up?
1: Okay, well, this one you could. You can talk some injuries, right? So they've had – Yohan Makata's been gone all year. Eloy Jimenez played 11 games. Now he's missing a big chunk of time. But, you know, there's plenty of options to choose from on this team. Jose Abreu's been looking older, although he's always a notoriously slow starter. I'm going to go – actually, AJ Pollock on that list too. But I'm going to go with our catcher because catchers age out in a yeah. hurry. We talked about him last year about this time. 33-year-old Jasmine Grandal looks kind of cooked this year. 128 at bats, five walk five runs, two home runs, nine RBIs, one steal, a 180 batting average with a 56 OPS plus. Now, when we were talking about last year, when he was off to a horrific start, he still was walking at that absurd rate, which it was something he could fall back on. Like last year he had 87 walks. So even though he hit, I think like 240, he had a 420 on base percentage. Not the case this year. His got 18 walks, but his OBP is that for just 279. So, there's StatCast prints a prettier picture. His expected batting average is 235, but he is dead last in the percentile. Number one percentile in sprint speed, meaning he is officially the slowest player in baseball according to StatCast, meaning there's no infield hits coming here. This is not a fast player. The shift kills him. It's been bad for him for a long time. It will be better than this, but... Yes, Mindy Grandal is going to age out in a hurry, I think.
0: That's definitely the the concern, Uh, and uh, there's nothing good about his stats at this point. Uh, The only thing you can try to do is, again, uh, they let him uh, play a lot. Uh, One of the the most games uh, played on catchers... Uh, and I think he needs less is more at this point to try to see if you can ease the, ease the knees, ease everything else, and try to get stuff jump-started because the, the batting eye is still good, right? We still have 18 walks. Uh, he's the lead, uh, leading the team in that category. The strikeouts for the amount of at-bats he has is not terrible, uh, within it it's a little bit on the higher side but you know there's nothing too much there just the hits uh just are not there yet do you have his bad I know BABIP is going to be notoriously low but compared to like last year are we seeing a, a major difference in the two uh while you uh, while you look that up I'm gonna give the uh credit where credit is due as far as the on a heater uh, Tim anderson is everything that you'd want. Uh, a guy to be three fifty nine uh, average four hundred on base percentage. Uh, he has uh, five home runs to start the year, seven uh, stolen bases, uh, just under two wins above replacement uh, to begin the quarter season here.
1: Grandal has never had a three hundred Babbitt because I mentioned he's not very fast. <laughs> but usually it's more like two seventy ish, and it's at two ten, so it's low, but it's not enough to crank you up to much more than two twenty two.
0: 2.10-ish range. If, if he can get himself even like to two thirty, uh, that's going to get you a three thirty on base percentage. He's usually about a hundred points above. Uh, well, with that, you know that's not terrible. Uh, uh, with if you can get the power numbers going, that's the thing that still is not uh, uh, not kicking in, into gear yet. So, uh, but but I would not be expecting him in the second half of the year to be looking like a classic him. You're going to see a rung below. Uh, and again, from a fantasy standpoint, if, uh, if that's the case, I'd be looking to find a different catcher. For LA Rushman year. or is Monte Grandal?
1: Rushman. I agree.
0: Uh, on the white
1: Sox, before we move on, I want to mention two guys. We already mentioned Shane McClanahan taking the ACE jump. I was all in on Dylan Cease. Yep. That looks good. I believe he's leading the American league in strikeouts, but he may not be the best pitcher on this team. Michael Kopech looks like a stud. Michael Kopech looks like the reason that you trade Chris sale, Uh, He has 42 innings with a 129 ERA. The strikeouts aren't as high as you'd want, 39 strikeouts, but nobody hits him. He's only allowed six earned runs all year. Uh, Cease and Kopech, along with Giolito, who's battled some COVID.
0: Lance Lynn isn't back yet. This team isn't done for making a push. Well, no, this is such a confusing and volatile team, despite uh, you're talking elite-level talent in many different positions, not just having good players, but having the best at a position or top three at a position uh, for a team that should not be based upon that, even with other flaws. To only be one game above 500 does not seem to be doing justice. Uh, we'll see what happens as everything else heats up. Again, this word of, uh, of warning for everything, Everyone was ready to write off Charlie Morton, mm-hmm. uh, and when you end up looking at the stats, uh, after someone last year, he uh, all of a sudden took off. He's already been doing that about his last two or three starts here uh, on on habit, on routine, on schedule uh, of what he's done. So you kind of need to wait out, and baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, there's definitely too much talent here uh, to see this team uh, crumbling too much at this point, but... Uh, We always say the the manager equation keeps things more lively than maybe it should. We'll see what happens as time moves on. Cleveland Indians, 17-20 and uh, in third place in this division. This is the, oh, given the West, I guess, uh, uh, some uh, competition for uh, haves and have-nots more uh, in in a division. Uh, Surprisingly. Surprisingly, they have 171 runs scored. This is a team that like we usually said, they always score struggles. runs. Their pitching is not good. They always score runs. Yeah, what we always <laughs> say right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but they are a plus five run differential. Uh, the pitching has been okay, yeah. okay, uh, but the offense has been more uh, has more surprisingly good, but and more attributed to an earlier season start. You're now seeing things kind of go back to the norm. What do we have here in Cleveland?
1: There's a lot of options. Earlier in the year, Owen Miller was leading the league in hits or batting average, we brought him up. I could have talked about Owen Miller, who's been pretty good at first base in kind of an odd way. Stephen Kwan was everybody's darling because he didn't strike out early on in the season, but he's kind of fallen off. I'm going to go with Andres Jimenez. He was a big part of that Francisco Liriano trade from a couple years ago. They got them Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario, and last year, Jimenez didn't look very good. He hit 218, but he's 22 years old. Now he's 23, and he looks much more comfortable out there. So 103 at bats, 13 runs, four home runs, 20 RBIs, three steals, 301. He almost never walks, ever. He's running a very high batting average on balls in play. So that Babbitt we talk about. But it would seem to me that as he's gotten a little older, he seems to have figured out a way to maximize his skill set. Fly ball rate has dropped way down in exchange for ground balls and line drives, and he's extremely fast. So ground balls and line drives are how you run a high BABIP like that. Maybe that trade, which was Lindor and Carrasco for Jimenez Rosario, and all these guys, maybe it wasn't as lopsided as we thought. Cleveland is looking
0: pretty okay. The pitching side is where we see the uh, lack of depth I feel like a, Shane Bieber is still good, but
1: it's my... He's good, but cold. he's not the same Shane Bieber that we've seen either. He's I, He seems like there's something wrong with him. If you watch Shane... I've watched two of his... I don't know, 10 starts, whatever he's made this year. Not that many, but two of his starts. Eight. He is not throwing the ball as hard. I didn't look it up for, on the Statcast, but it seems to me that he is not throwing as hard, which it's not like he relies on velocity, but... It certainly helps, and it always seems like he's walking more of a tightrope than he needs to. The one that looks good is Tristan McKenzie. That's the one who looks really yeah. good on their team.
0: He's at huh. uh, thirty-six innings pitched, uh, twenty-four hits, uh, uh, eleven. You know, it's always the walks, is sometimes yeah. the challenge, uh, but it's only at, at eleven, uh, which still puts him under uh, a whip of zero point nine six, so still under one. Because you can't hit him. It, and, it's always and thirty-four strikeouts. So. Always,
1: his is the thing where he, he gives up such weak contact because he has so many. He has like. Six pitches they don't throw at any time. So I've always liked Tristan McKenzie a lot more. I know people, some people have kind of like Plisak. I've always been kind of a Plisak detractor. I don't think he's pitching very well. Uh, their pitching is. I always want. I, they're a team that you give the benefit of the doubt to because of what they've done with, you know, Clevenger and
0: Kluber and Bieber. And no one does more with, with less. Yeah. Is I think how I'd describe it.
1: And I know they have. Oh, they made a trade from the the Rays guy last year. He's supposed to be up pretty soon, I think. Um, Peyton Battenfield. A lot of people have a lot of hope for Peyton Battenfield and what this team can do for them. So, are they on paper, this team should not be this good. They, it's Jose Ramirez and a lot of kind of has-beens on offense. And, and they they seem to find a way. Terry Francona is a very good manager, like the opposite of Tony LaRusso, who finds a way to lose games for him. I feel like Terry Francona helps this team win more games than they probably should.
0: We can't say that about the next team with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, this is—I have two nominations for—they've
1: actually fallen below the Royals, but we can do the Tigers next. Are it's they, uh,
0: they're ti- they're tied. They're tied. Okay. They're tied at fourteen and twenty-six. Well, so you they could should pick be have them, so I'm putting them last. But we'll talk about the Tigers. The there's two teams that I nominate for being most disappointing for the the first quarter. One is here. one's coming up in the next division. Uh, but Detroit. Now this was a team that was supposed to take the next step, uh, and uh, they made a. You know, big signing, Javier Baez uh, in, in the offseason. Your boy, Javier Baez, uh, you know, Spencer Torkelson was going to be up from the beginning of the year. You have other players that were promising from the, the younger standpoint. You'd have the uh, pitching was supposed to take the next step within it. Pitching maybe has. There's still some things that hasn't yet. Uh, Casey Meisigan goes down with the injury, uh, and I don't know what we're ever going to see from him at this point. I don't know if he's ever going to be, uh, because the arm is not holding up, uh, what they thought he could be. Uh, they had a lot of, you know, like, what, fourth overall uh, draft pick. He's somewhere, like, high up, I thought. He's really high. I don't remember. Uh, and it was. just isn't looking like that's going to be the case at this stage in his career. But 110 runs scored. Uh, you have bad offense. You have good offenses. You have average offenses. Those not living up to it. Bad offenses. And then go down about 10 more floors. <laughs> and then you have the Detroit Tigers offense.
1: I mean, you're stealing my thunder here, dude. From what I have, you know, this is this is the biggest disappointment to me. It's There's no doubt about it. Torque hasn't. Torkelson has a 78 OPS plus. Jonathan Scope, who they signed back 39 OPS plus. Jimer Candelario, who I'm a big fan of, 70 OPS plus. Robbie Grossman, 75 OPS plus. Akil Badu is back in the minors after his 33 OPS plus. But you you mentioned it. None of those guys got paid this offseason. Javier Baez has a six-year, $140 million contract. And you said, I've been critical of that contract for a while. But even I said... Yeah, I thought he'd be okay for a year or two on that. And then it would start to be look bad. Uh, year 1, it's not looking good. 121 at bats, 10 home or 10 runs scored, 3 home runs, 12 RBIs, no steals. No steals. 207 to 71 OPS+. plus. Here's the weird thing. The thing that always terrifies me with him is the K rate. Yes. And it's actually lower. Yeah. The lowest it's been since 2018 at 26%. His usual deal is when he makes contact, it's it's really good like I mentioned Tyler O'Neal. Like, that's Randy Orozarena. When they hit the ball, it does good things. That ain't happening this year. It's just kind of – his hard hit rate is down 10% from where it was last year with the Cubs. You mentioned the ball. Could it be the ball?
0: Sure. Sure. But this is a Early different season type of injury concerning. Uh, is, you know, how much Maybe. is that coming into play? Because He was on the IL for a while there within it. Again, showing uh, advanced, advanced stats for those that are trying to find something positive within it. Uh, because this defense has actually been solid. He's at uh, 0.4 wins above replacement, which is actually second best on the team, despite That's all of those things. Austin Meadows, who's hurt? Is that his guy at number one? Yeah
1: yeah had cuz he was playing okay he just got he's got like
0: vertigo stuff going on with him so uh, he's got things that yeah going on there and miguel Cabrera, the 276 uh, uh, average uh, he's like not all been Like we said, terrible. their oldest
1: guy the old superstar the 39 40 year old miguel Cabrera is going to be the one that carried this offense
0: it's uh, it, i i am buying javier Baez's uh, second half i think it can't he's going to lose uh, <laughs> I, I i think that part I, I think he's going to look his normal self in the second half, but that still means because of what's happened in the first half, it's going to drag down the overall numbers.
1: So fan graphs, if you go to the bottom of their page, they always give the steamer projections. The bad bad X is made by Derek Cardi. That's the one I like. It still has him projected from this point forward for 16 home runs, 54 RBIs, 11 steals, 251. Like, it thinks he is who he's always been. And like you said, that doesn't – he's not going to get to 254 then. Like, that's not where he's going to get to because he's got to make up from that 207, but – it's possible that he's not. I've always said it's not going to work out well. And I'm not going to sit here and take a full W victory lap on this one because I didn't think it'd be like this. But there are certainly concerns. I do want to talk about the one player on the team who has been incredibly good. And that's, you mentioned, you know, Matt Manning, Casey Mize. They haven't. The one that did step up is Tariq Skubal. He yep. looks awesome. Another pit young pitcher who looks great. He's on, I think. 19 innings without giving up an earned run. He got hit in the leg with a line drive last game that caused him to come out after five, but sounds like he's going to be back. But He's yeah. got a 10.1K per nine. He looks... Uh, a 50 uh, strikeout to eight walk ratio. You're no Kevin Gausman, but that's pretty good for a 25-year-old now who's was kind of the one who was considered like, oh, he's going to be the third of the group, right? It was Casey Mize, Matt Manning, and then uh, Tariq Scoobl. He's going to be pretty good too. Well, Scoobl's the one who looks good right now. Manning is... I think he's on the minors again, or he's hurt. And anyway, he's on the IL. And Casey Mize is hurt. So Drake Skubel another one, maybe not as much of an ace turn as Shane McClanahan or some of those other uh, other ones I mentioned earlier. But Drake Scobell is very much going to be a good pitcher
0: for a long time for the Detroit Tigers. And Eduardo Rodriguez was the other guy that was signed uh, to a big money deal. I think some of it was like a, like a bad one or two starts. He's still walking more than you want he, to see, but he's getting. You can tell he's closer. To, to turning the, the corner. Okay. Flashback to the first year we did this podcast. And I said, Aaron Nola
1: is my pick for Cy Young. And I was I would watch the starts and I'd be like, okay, he's looking great. He's looking great. Oh, one inning, five earned runs later. He's six innings, five earned runs. That is Eduardo Rodriguez where yes. you will watch him and it's four great innings and then he'll give up five earned runs and then you're like, okay. And that's how he has, what is he at? A 438 ERA. It is always like one blow up inning where he just completely loses the plate and it drives you nuts. I I want to believe Eduardo Rodriguez is better than he is, but at some point it becomes, okay, you're showing me what you're showing me here, right?
0: Like, You are what your record says you are. At some point that becomes the, the, the truth uh, that is there. I, you know, I think he's going to be better than this, but that that haunting inning is always lurking in the background at any time. Uh, Kansas City, as we go to the other team that is tied with a 14-26 and 26 record, uh, I, I don't really know what to say about this team that seems to not be going uh, running in place. Uh, have you seen any, any positive development in the last two, three years? And we were, were talking about them like, okay, uh, they have some interesting players. Or are they ready to take that next step? Uh, uh, adding in some uh, complimentary veterans to go with it. And it just hasn't seemed to to go anywhere. They are negative fifty six in run differential. They're on a four game losing streak, three and seven in their last ten. Uh, I I had yeah. much higher hopes for this team to
1: be essentially tracking the same way that we talked about Baltimore tracking. Obviously, a couple of years ago, I was I picked them to win the wild card last year, and they let me down. But I could have picked Salvador Perez for a cold start. He's been not very good. He's on the IL, so. I also tried to avoid players on the IL, but you know, six home runs, sixteen RBIs, that's fine. That's going to get you to the thirty home run pace. But two oh six. Now I didn't expect him to hit two eighty again, but I thought two fifty was certainly within the realm of possibility. But there's there's one clear option here, and it's it's Whit Merrifield, who's been their best player for the last four or five years. And
0: is this a cold streak or has he run his course? And that's the question, right? So.
1: He's come around a little bit lately, but it still looks ugly. 163 at-bats, 17 runs, two homers, still 17 RBI, still six steals. He hasn't gotten caught yet. 209 average of 55 OPS+. This is a player that StatCast would never love because he never has made huge contract. But it does recognize how unlucky he's been. His expected batting average is still 271. If he had his... That's a
0: significant difference. If he had his...
1: You know, he's got a career-low BABIP, too. We could say that. But for some reason, the reason he's turning that in is he has a career-high 33% fly ball rate, which, if you include pop-ups, is 40% of the time. What he needs to do is go back and watch Andres Jimenez, who's learned, I'm going to put the ball on the ground more, and it's worked, because Merrifield is not someone who you want launching the ball into the air 40% of the time. In the- There's no launch angle that's going to benefit him. No. Hit the ball on the ground. Use your still extremely good speed... Run around like you've always done. That's that's kind of his game. If this was major league, he's dropping down and doing push-ups, right? Like Willie Mays' Hay style, he is hitting the ball in the air. Drop down and do some push-ups because Whit Merrifield has kind of switched his game in a way that shouldn't really work for him.
0: Uh, on offense is Andrew Beniteni, That's who's the who's only been, encouraging player right now on their offense. Who, uh, you know, had the inconsistency in Boston, and that trade has done well for him as far as showing the, the offense to date. But I'm going to pick Brady Singer uh, as someone who's uh, done well early. It's only forced, uh What are we at? He's They've at been bouncing him between yet. the minors and the majors for some stupid reason, but he's looked I, great. But in his back to back start, it looks like it's clicked. Uh, and if, uh, if you haven't gotten him yet on your fantasy team and you need pitching, that would be one to look at. He has 19, just under 20 innings pitched, 15 hits, uh, four runs given up, four walks, 18 strikeouts. Uh, he is looking good as a young pitcher, uh, and again, you, you might struggle on this team to get wins uh, with him, but if you want the other stats, uh, this is, I think, one of, the, one of the cornerstones they can build around if they can start putting other talent around.
1: I practice what I preach because I've I've had Brady Singer on a few teams actually because the May starts White Sox and Twins yeah he's, he's good really competition good. he's looked really good so and he's got pedigree it wasn't all that long ago that he was he's a first round pick too it was Correct. just he's been overshadowed we've heard Daniel Lynch and Jackson Coar, and Lynch has looked okay Jackson is still bad but yeah Brady Singer that's a good that's a good call on your part
0: we have one more division left. Let's take a look at the AL West as we look at uh, Houston is doing what Houston does. Uh, the consistency of this team. Uh, is something I do respect uh, at, at this point. Uh, now, of course, when I was uh, at, uh, I was down in Florida, I went to a Rays and uh, Toronto Blue Jays game, so I had a chance to see a nice division game. George Springer was up at the at plate. Did I have fun uh, booing for trash can nonsense <laughs> just to be annoying? Yes, I did. Uh, I so. But this is a consistent <laughs> team going back to Houston itself, twenty-seven and fifteen. Uh, they are 12 and 5 at home. They are 15 and 10 away. 180 runs scored. 133 uh, runs against. They have been, if I'm seeing this correctly, the second best uh, pitching staff in uh, in baseball. Plus 47 run differential, uh, and that's going to lead to. I'm just going to jump in with the first guy. How can you not give a heater to Justin Verlander coming back from Tommy John, as if nothing had ever happened, if not even improving as he gets older? I think he he's in the top like
1: five in the league two right now in innings pitched. I don't he's already through fifty-one innings and he has a league-leading 122 ERA. So yeah, it's it's been basically three years since we saw him pitch when he won the Cy Young. I think he made six innings or something in 2020, but that that's probably of all I mean, I make a lot of I say a lot of stupid things, but me saying that I was worried about Justin Verlander is gonna be among the dumbest things I say because I just you don't doubt Hall of Fame players sometimes, and of those seven run runs, he's given up four home runs, which has always been, like, the once again, extremely small chink in the Justin Verlander armor is that he gives up home runs, but this isn't Robbie Ray. This is this is Justin Verlander, and he's going to be really good, and they've actually, you know, Jose Arquiti hasn't been great for them, he wasn't was going to bring up, but their pitching, as usual, is is good. It's a team that's full of stars, and they all are performing, right? Jordan Alvarez looks awesome. Jose Altuve looks great. Alex Bregman looks at least maybe not back to fully where he was, but better than he was last year. Michael Brantley. Kyle Tucker, after a slow start, is back to doing what he does yeah, best. Right when
0: people were worried about Kyle yeah, Tucker?
1: That is not in this part, but... The one, here, the one player I would say that is overperforming what we expected of him was, okay, so they lost Carlos Correa, and everybody's like, who are they going to bring in, right? Who are we going to bring in? Is Trevor Story going to go down here? Maybe Houston he know what they were doing because they're like, no, oh, we got Jeremy Pena. When we talked rookies of the years, I don't think we mentioned Jeremy Pena, but right now if it's not Julio Rodriguez, it's Jeremy Pena, right? And it's the one of them, 126 at-bats, 20 runs, 7 homers, 22 RBIs, 3 steals, 286, a
0: 149 OPS+. plus with excellent defense. He is at a 2.2 wins above replacement, tied for the team lead, With that, with and on a team full of stars. Here's this kid who's now competing, uh, uh, played appearance game by game, uh, for best performance on the team.
1: Now, the stack-ass doesn't... It's hard for it to judge rookies, but what it does do is it kicks out a similar player profile based on batted balls. Christian Yelich, Austin Riley, Jared Walsh. Those are pretty good players, Christian Yelich and Austin Riley specifically, but... The dude is hammering the ball, too. Like, it's not like he's just weak contacting it out there. He is hitting the ball hard. Seven home runs, that's behind only Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve, who are – Jordan Alvarez is, if not for Vlad Jr., the best young power hitter in this game. And Jose Altuve is a probably a Hall of Fame player. So, yeah, good for Jeremy Pena. The Houston Astros know what they're doing. We I, At this point, that's another team when it comes to – you just probably shouldn't question them. Like, they, they seem to understand how to – this is a long time of them just churning through players there, knowing what they're getting, and continuing to win.
0: The concern has to be on on this team. I mean, they have a, a deep bullpen as far as a lot of like late-inning arms that have, have performed well. But what about the guy at the back end? Ryan Presley, whether there's arm issues or things going on, uh, he's, he's definitely the guy who's uh, the biggest concerns among late-inning bullpen arms in the American League. He's at the top of the list, along with the Aroldis Chapman.
1: Yeah, he's, he's already been hurt. He's back. Um, what I would say about Presley is we've seen, even last year, right, when when they have a concern in the bullpen, this is not a team that's ever afraid to go out and address it. So last year, oh, who was the Seattle guy that they went out and got? Oh, they went and got Yimmy Garcia from Florida, and they went and got – the guy who closed the game for Seattle and then he crossed across and everybody was so mad because Houston was insane. Kendall Graveman. Thank you, Kendall Graveman. Went to them and now he's with the White Sox. But uh they will make a move if they need to. Presley is a concern. They've gotten some nice production so far out of Rafael Montero. Actually who was saved some games earlier in the year when Hector he was hurt. Neres. so they have options back there who've done it before. They're, they're not devoid of Presley's. It's kind of like the Yankees. We said, you know, if, the, if Chapman's hurt, it's not like this is a team that's going to fall apart in the bullpen if Presley's hurt.
0: Let's talk about the uh, probably the the biggest surprise team, the team that has been taking the, the step up uh, with the, the Los Angeles Angels. Again, the always the thought was, can they finally build around uh, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani? Who needs those guys? They have the better player than
1: any of those two. I'm waiting for it. Okay, this is the easiest name on this list, right? 108 at bats, 27 runs, nine home runs, twenty-three RBIs, one steal. A the league man, leading the
0: myth, the legend.
1: League leading three seventy batting average. A league leading 40, 481 on base percentage, a league leading seven thirteen slugging percentage for a league leading one thousand one hundred and ninety-four OPS, two forty eight OPS plus is Taylor Ward Barry
0: Bonds. And picked up by yours truly before he faced against Corey in a head-to-head matchup, looking for my again. Can I do? I can I still sprinkle my fairy dust, my my magic dust on the guys that can all of a sudden go erupt at the right place, right time and yes, he has and has continued to do that. He is baseball's biggest uh, surprise at this point. He is producing in every which way, shape, or form. Uh, if you would put his stats next to Mike, Tr- Mike Trout, you say, yep, that's right, that's all in line. He is performing as well as that, giving them... Another bigger uh, bat to go with that lineup, part of the reason for that success. Uh, Anthony Rendon has been better, at least the last time I I looked. I'm still trying to pull up the stats here within it, but their offense has been good. If I look at the the numbers here for it, we have uh, the uh, best offense in the American League. Yankees were second best. I remember saying second at one point there, but 156-2 for uh, runs given up a plus 51 run differential. Uh at twenty six and seventeen. Uh the are you buying I may not be buying Ward as Barry Bonds, but are you buying the Angels as a true competitor to the Astros at the top of the division?
1: Well, we've 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 I didn't know Taylor Ward was gonna do this. I don't think Taylor Ward is probably Taylor Ward didn't know he was going to do this. <laughs> Taylor Ward is probably the still fourth best hitter on this team. You know, Mike Trout is every bit the player that Mike Trout's always been, which is incredible And Otani, you know, unbelievable player in himself. And, and Rendon. So we've always talked about if they could just find some pitching, right? Could you just find some pitching? Not expecting their hitting to get better. Could you just find some pitching? Well, their hitting's been better. And could you just find some pitching? Well, Otani is basically turned into a small ace. He just doesn't get the appreciation because he also bats. But Otani's turned into an ace. Patrick Sandoval has turned into an ace. Like, they have... Yo, those guys are 27 and 25 respectively. They have two great young pitchers. I mentioned when they tried, when they signed him that watch Michael Lorenzen, watch Michael Lorenzen.
0: They they have success with guys like that, 40, and he's been good. He's led them with 41 innings pitched, only 31 hits given up. Uh, the strikeouts aren't aren't anything that, that's grand, but again, as a pitcher, he has just been producing. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Syndergaard.
1: I've said, yeah, who knows what you get out of him for innings, but. He's doing it in a way that's completely new to him, where he's not striking out a bunch of guys, but it's working. And Reen Detmers threw through a no-hitter. So there's enough here that I don't know if they catch Houston. I still would take Houston on this in paper, because Houston's offense is pretty comparable to Los Angeles, and I trust they're pitching more. But I think Los Angeles, I picked them to make the wild card before the season started. I think they hang around all year and hang in the wild card race.
0: Their bullpen is better, too. It is. Uh, and so you're seeing a team where you're looking, what's their their significant flaw, and you're not seeing a significant one. Uh, that's how you can go on a run. That's their how significant you can flaw is
1: injuries, right?
0: If yep. if yep. you have a big injury,
1: we Tough. saw what Trout can do to this team, right? Last year, Mike Trout groin, I'm going to miss two weeks, never came back. Otani, just by the fact that he plays both ways, has double the injury risk of any other player in baseball. I. Pray that he's healthy all the time, but because he hits and pitches, he has double the injury risk. And there's not much depth on this team at all. So if they stay healthy, they can hang in this all year. If they don't, I still expect Houston to pull ahead of them a little bit, but they're right in there with Tampa Bay and Toronto and the Yankees. Like Some of them are going to miss the playoffs, right? Or I guess there's three teams now, so they could all do it.
0: And we'll, we'll find out what happens. But who's the, who's the cold guy? We have all the guys that were saying, okay, this is why they're performing this well, or people that are living up to expectations. Is there anyone that's kind of fallen below that? I mean, I guess I went Rend- with Rez- Rendon for just not being what he was with the Nationals. But It's getting better, though, right? And
1: yeah. Yeah, I'd say you could put Rendon. I went with Raziel Iglesias, the closer. He's got a 402 area. He's had some home run issues already. He's had given up. Uh, let's see, he's doing up three home runs in 15 innings so he's at least blown a couple of saves but right now I would say as a whole a lot of players on this team are performing at levels that I didn't expect you know, obviously Taylor Ward, Brandon Marsh has produced at a higher level a lot of those pitchers have been better than they could have hoped for so you, you mentioned surprises the, the bad surprise so far is Detroit I think the most encouraging surprise so far is Los Angeles. I would agree with that
0: as we move to the third team uh, on the uh, third in the AL West, we have the Texas. Uh, this one Rangers. low key is up there with Detroit for biggest disappointments. Sorry, this team. You think this team? At, at you expect them to be better than eighteen and twenty two? I know they spent a lot of I money, think but I didn't they see the expected pitching. them. I didn't expect them to. I think they thought they were better than that. I don't know where they thought the pitching was coming yeah. from. Like they they spent a boatload of money. There's no denying that they uh, they emptied a Brinks trunk uh, for the the left hand of their uh, left side of their uh, infield. Uh, but again, there's no pitching there yet. I, I think there's some things that are potentially promising. 161 runs scored is eh. Uh, 170 runs given up is eh. It's a negative nine. It's not terrible. Where they are, is kind of the uh, uh, Texas is in the purgatory uh, of the American League. Not not good, not bad. They're just kind of hanging in this middle middle area there.
1: Are they going to find more? Are they going to be able to go out on a spending spree and bring in more pitching? That's going to be the question. Because how high can that budget go? Yes, yep. we saw the big money spent last year, and at least one of them isn't working. Right, this is another easy one to pick. Yeah. When you get a seven-year, one hundred and seventy-five million dollars contract at age thirty-one, your time is limited anyway, so you better be producing right away. And Marcus Simeon looks n- bad. Marcus Simeon, this is a every other year thing he's doing here. So. 154 at-bats, 13 runs. He has yet to hit a home run, 9 RBIs, 3 steals, 182 batting average, a 42 OPS plus Is yikes. The walk rates and K rates are actually better, but the power is just gone. 234 slugging percentage. And let me tell you, this stat cast looks awful. Like bottom 10%, average exit velo, hard hit rate, all the expected stats. His expected batting average is still 192. So this is not even all that unlucky. Last year, he absolutely crushed fastball. 36 home runs, 298 average. This year, he's got zero home runs and a 165 average against them. Like, Simeon looks bad to a point of, you know, I mentioned Joey Votto Nelson Cruz last week. There's con- serious concerns that Marcus Simeon, for whatever reason, I don't know if this is just him going to go back and forth, but I would be really surprised if Marcus Simeon gets to even 20 home runs this year at this
0: point. Yeah, the, the stats just... You get like the the hot and cold nature of it, but it this doesn't make sense. Uh, I like really, to all of a sudden have this the the bottom dropout here. Like this was the guy that I thought was the safest pick as far as all the big money guys uh, that were going there. Like no, I didn't want him at seven years. I was saying three or four at, at big money. I I would rather pay for a peak uh, three four season from him. Uh, versus doing bigger deals elsewhere, he ended up getting far more than I thought he would. I was thinking like three or four at twenty five million a piece. Well, he got it for seven years at twenty five million a piece. But this is uh, this is extremely concerning. Uh, and again, it's only forty games in. Uh, you know, there's another hundred twenty left to play. Uh, but it, there's there's nothing that looks good here. Not a thing. Uh, and there's nothing you can say, Say this is why you can put hope in what's coming. There's not a thing there. That's what's scary about it. We'll see what, what happens. I think that's probably one of the biggest storylines from an individual player standpoint uh, for the rest of the year uh, from a guy who has been absolutely dominant uh, as one of the best bats in, in all of baseball. Two top uh,
1: five finishes in the MVP in the last four years, right? Two yeah. top fives, I think. And, and Best yeah. second base season ever last year. And yeah. This could be... <laughs>
0: like bottom three second-base seasons in the American League this year right now. But so. there's a lot of competition as far as on that offense of who does it would be uh, extremely cold. There's no one that's hitting up to what you expected them to do. And to me, the true marvel of this is uh, Adoles Garcia is at a two oh seven average, but he's at least hitting when runners are in scoring position because he's at 25 RBI. I don't know how you do that uh, when it's not like he's doing a huge homer output. It's, it's six home runs, uh, second and on Adoles the team. Garcia's strikeouts. 48 strikeouts and 150 at-bats. Like, what is going on here? So there's there's a lot to, to pick from there. So I, I'm amazed that they've scored as many runs as they have when you look at their ability to make contact. And again, Corey Seager is a guy who makes contact. That hasn't been there so far.
1: The the encouraging, the out-of-nowhere good story on this team is the one pitcher that they've seemingly yes. gotten something out of is 31-year-old Martin Perez, who has bounced around Oh, what do we got here? We he's the journeyman. Texas, Atlanta. Boston. Minnesota was in there, right? And back to Texas and 49 innings. He's thrown a complete game shutout already this season. He has a 164 ERA. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't expect it to continue. But so far, he looks great. And it's not like it's been easy matchups because I think he just got done – Throwing a complete game against, let me check here. Yeah, Houston. Houston. He threw a complete game against Houston. And then before that, against Boston, he went out there. So this is not a cupcake schedule. It's just been somebody who's seemingly figured something out as far as run suppression. So keep it up, Martin Perez. Good for you. And you'll probably get traded at the (laughs) midseason.
0: Pretty much, and well, that's what they've done in past mm-hmm. years. Uh, uh, Kyle Gibson was the uh, the, the surprise uh, before that dominated and was traded uh, within us, so we'll see what happens mm-hmm. next there. But this is my team, uh, who's now fourth in the, uh, the AL West, uh, that I put there as the most disappointing alongside Detroit. Seattle, uh, after, and again, you can now, as soon as I say this, you can give very justifiable reasons why they were a helium team last year and why I expected them to come back down. Uh, but 17-25 for a team that was expected to compete for the playoffs, and they definitely expected to compete for the playoffs, has not been the way the first quarter of the season uh, wanted to go, a negative 26-run differential. They've lost uh, four straight, 3-7 and in their last 10, 164 runs scored. Uh, One of the worst offenses uh, uh, in uh, uh, the American League, 190 runs given up is, as I'm looking through here, second-worst. Uh, in the American League, uh, so whichever way you look at it, not good. Okay, I'm going
1: to break my own rule because I want to talk about Jared Kelnick. So I said no injured players, no minor league guys. But we got to talk about Jared Kelnick. He was recently sent down to AAA. A. 86 at bats, he made it. 10 runs, three homers, 10 ribbies, four steals, 140 with a 52 OPS+. He's certainly been unlucky at the big league level. He has a 211 career BABIP right now, but he's striking out 30% of the time after striking out roughly 20% of the time in the minors. His stack ass is understandably brutal, if you look at it. He can't hit anything that isn't a fastball. He's three for 45 on non-fastballs, breaking balls and off-speed pitches. This is a guy who, was it just last year? Yeah, just last year at this time, right? We were talking about, okay, is it Wander Franco or is it Jared Kelnick? And, you know, he's 22. I'm not writing off Jared Kelnick yet, but this is getting – second time here that we've seen this and it's the same thing where are we at here
0: just no improvement at all none uh you get guys are gonna be overwhelmed with their first cup of coffee in the majors it happens now you have the second time here where you're seeing as bad if not worse uh, in various stats within it it's it's concerning uh and it, and what he is attempting to do is the hardest thing to do of any sport. Uh, and trying to actually hit a, uh, hit a uh, baseball. Uh, and the last thing you need to do is get in your own head and make what's already a challenging thing to do that much harder to do. And I don't see how it's not happening or close to happening at this point where the question becomes, I don't know what he can do as far as a full major league career, what's going to happen out of this. But the bigger question to me isn't that. The bigger question is, can it happen here? Uh, you're getting close to the to the breaking point of saying he needs to go somewhere else with a fresh start, uh, which is damaging to any executive who tries to make that trade because there's no way that you come out looking good because he's the most disappointing player. So if he does go and bats well, it's a doubly bad thing. right? What executive wants to do that? Uh, so you already have this as a big bad uh, uh, spot on player development, and then if he would go somewhere else and do it, but again, it still doesn't solve the situation that's here. It's but a it's, tough one. It is a tough one, and and I don't have an answer to it or a suggestion as to what's the best way to go. Uh, they're going to need uh, whoever is in charge of their minor league development. This is where this is the big bucks you get paid uh, to do this. You need to come up with an answer to this situation because this is a franchise player, uh, potential to be, uh, and it, you need to figure something out.
1: Let's talk another. I mean, I could talk multiple cold guys on this team. but well,
0: I do want to talk for the the, you have the negative end of the positive as far as potential and stuff oh. there. How long will it be if we're not already there for some? How long before Julio Rodriguez is worth the price of admission alone just oh. to see what he's going to do?
1: I, he's he's going to be an absolute superstar in this game. He's like,
0: immensely gifted. You just I mean, you just watch him. Yes. He doesn't have it all figured out yet, but you know he has all the tools to do it.
1: So we... You know, I just talking Wander Franco. And I've said before, Wander Franco can be Juan Soto. He can be Juan Soto. Julio Rodriguez can be Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis, and that he can be. You know, he could hit fifty home runs some season. I wouldn't be surprised. He could steal forty bases. He has, I think, he's still leading baseball twelve stolen bases. This is a huge individual. Like he looks massive. He does not look like the type of guy that could steal, but he runs like a gazelle. He has massive power and. After a slow start where he was getting kind of some iffy calls from the umpires, he's figured it out. He controls the strike zone. Julio Rodriguez is going to win an MVP award someday. Like, that type of talent that he has. And it it's just, I didn't think he would make the team out of spring training, but they couldn't keep him down after the way he played. And at this point, he's just locked in for the next, I don't know what his contract is, but if you're a Seattle fan, you're hoping he sits in that center field spot for, 10, 12 years and is the next Ken Griffey Jr., right? Like, that's what you want out of him. And he, you know, I'm not going to throw around a Hall of Fame top 10 players very often, but he looks really good.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think the best, rather than see what he could be uh, to the guys who have done it for maybe 8, 10 years and beyond, the, the the name that you brought up before is the one that makes total sense, Acuna. That's, mm-hmm. you see so many similarities. Uh, toolsy for days uh, can do a, can do a little bit of everything, Within It can do a lot of everything uh, within. You see it all there, uh, and you see uh, uh, Akuna is uh, just a couple years ahead, and is, uh, you see the progression of where that is. You see that same progression, and you do question, because right now you don't know what uh, injury stuff uh, w- with one is, is definitely a question. With the other one, it's not yet with anything being there. Uh, so that leads to a potential higher ceiling. Uh, within that so there's definitely a lot to, to watch But again he's just fun to watch uh, Defensively at the plate uh, On the bases uh, He's someone that that uh, Draws your attention
1: We could talk Jesse Winker who's been Disappointment but because this is the heater podcast And I look like an idiot last Year and I looked I gotta talk our, the heater sponsor Spokesperson not named Blake Snell is Robbie Ray And <laughs> This is Robbie Ray again This is the not last year, Robbie Ray. This is every other year, Robbie Ray, is what's going on here. Suddenly, Robbie Ray is sitting there with a four seventy seven ERA. He has 45 hits in 54 innings. The walks are still kind of slower, kind of lowered, but still we're back up to 20 in 54 innings. It's getting back up there, and what do you know? He still gives up home runs. So other than one year, one year, this is still the Robbie Ray experience, I think.
0: The, again, this makes me, if, if I were looking for an executive to hire uh, for my team to give the keys to the kingdom, give me someone from the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, not only for player development, which they've shown they can do, right? They've done that very, very well. They've drafted well. They have these key players. They've done that well. And they did something that was a trend setting at the time that no one else was doing. They went to the gene pool. If you were a, <laughs> if true. you were a son of a Hall of Famer, it didn't matter where you were within it. They 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 drafted you, period. And it hasn't always worked out, but it has worked out uh, very well at a couple of key occasions. But the biggest thing that I would ask them in an interview is: a You signed Marcus Simeon, you signed Robbie Ray, and they had peak years. But then you chose to let both of them go and still spend money on other players. So you got these peak seasons, you didn't uh, double down on it, you went and got someone else, and they're, now they're performing. Do you know how hard that is to navigate when you have guys that are doing MVP level or Cy Young level, and then you let them walk, and then you go and find someone else? How did you know within it? Because and you add player development on top of that, of handling that so well, no team has navigated that better. I would want their executive running my team uh, anywhere who's like a... Uh, assistant VP of, of player development, anything along those lines, assistant GM, you should be interviewing them as soon as possible or at the top of the list if you are in need of one of those guys. I We didn't mention it when we were talking, Toronto, but just
1: a quick heads-up here. After a slow April, the, the de facto trade of you say Kikuchi for I.B. Ray, Kikuchi has figured it out again in May. They have yeah. turned something around. Kikuchi in May has a 2.7, 2.080 array because they just like with Robbie Ray, they tell you lean into your best pitch, drop, throw on your crap. And that's – Robbie Ray is back to throwing all these weird pitches, and it's not working, and Kikuchi's is, Kikuchi is straight up said. The reason he came there is he saw what they did with Robbie Ray. He wanted to take a chance on that.
0: So, yeah, I, I agree. And uh, that leads us to our
1: last team that we have in the – This might be the worst team in baseball right here. And that includes yeah. Cincinnati. Oakland is awful. Sorry.
0: There, there's There's not even, like – there's no foundation they they have they have traded everything that wasn't nailed down uh Frankie Montas is going to be one of the biggest names on on the on the block when it get to the, when that time comes I, yeah I, they are 17 and 26 uh 140 runs scored that is the second worst in the American League 171 uh given up which is on on the tailing on, on the more bad side but they always find a way to patch at least They don't usually get blown out a lot with high high scoring teams. They always find a way. That that pitching machine and pitching factory they do still makes things competitive. But that offense is, I know they're not the worst uh, in uh, here. That you have Detroit leading the way. But to me, if I would be picking an offense that I'd be banking on being worse the rest of the way, it's the Oakland Athletics.
1: Oh, it has to be. Their offense is full of quad A guys. Like these are players that, you know, Tony Kemp, Elvis Andrews at this point in his career, Chad Pinder. Like these are chad lower these are quad a guys who they're just getting every day at bats in oakland and we'll see what we get uh you mentioned you know at this point frankie montas is on the way out here's a go here's one for you we already mentioned kevin biggio right he's this is the type of guy that they would like that they would love because he gets a lot of walks that's the start of the frankie montas trade. get him to toronto too but we'll get to that some other day when we talk hot stuff the one player i will talk that has been overachieving i would say is you mentioned some of their pitching Paul Blackburn behind Frankie Montas has been kind of low key great. That's, that's the same Paul Blackburn who had a 574 career ERA going this year, but 42 innings, 4-0, 191 ERA, 34 strikeouts to 7 walks. What's different, right? Like career high, but still a really low caper 9. He doesn't walk anybody, and he's given up one home run in 42 innings this year. It's hard to see a whole lot has changed. He seems to be getting kind of lucky, but... When you have four wins and you said the team whole team has 17, like that's good for you. You've got a quarter of the team's wins, man. Way to go, Paul Blackburn. Oakland, you're very much in the massive teardown mold that we've seen in Baltimore that's starting to turn around. Detroit tore, tore it way down. They, they thought they'd be better. Cincinnati's in the same bolt. But it's going to be a rough while in Oakland, I think.
0: Yeah, you're, there's still a couple more key trades that are coming. You hope that the trades that they've made are guys that are going to be part of the next foundation because they desperately need that to uh, rebound again. This is the team that, to their credit, uh, they have no one has done the tear down and rebuild better uh, over the course of about 20 years now. We, we've seen them do this again and again and do it well. Uh, what they need is uh, a, a more lucrative a stadium situation and better ownership. So, well, your team gets a lot of credit for, or a lot of. Guff for not filling
1: the stadium, and uh, Oakland plays in a football field that sits uh, eighty thousand people, and they get like three.
0: <laughs> so, and at this point, I, I don't blame them. Uh, so, uh, that's our uh, American League uh, uh, check-in a quarter of the way through the season. We had a chance to uh, uh, take a look at uh, players and teams off to hot starts, looking for warm-ups where the uh, where there's potential or. Uh, a uh, chance for things to improve or where there's concern, for things won't. Uh, next week when we get together, we will, uh, uh, if, if you smell that, uh, that's the hot stove firing up. Uh, it's time Frankie to take Montas a look. to Toronto. Yep, so we already have uh, one big name that will that's going to be on that list. Who else could be on that list within it? We're also going to take a look at uh, uh, MLB.com has been doing a, a more fantastic job on solid stories. Uh, and just interesting articles or pieces within, I've been impressed by that. Uh, ESPN just did a piece on contracts that were signed uh, in the off season. Who's getting their money's worth? Who's not? Uh, best signings so far. I think we'll take a look at some of those things and see. At this point, now we covered some of that uh, as you as we've done here uh, and just going team by team. But I think we're going to take a look at the like top uh, ten contracts that were doled out. Uh, who is uh, happy with those moves? Who are not? Uh, and maybe uh, find a couple of the unsungs who were like the. Uh, the guys that were signed for minimum, uh, league minimum within, guys that were unsung within it that now are playing key cogs on their uh, teams and their playoff hopes this year. So check us out next week, and we will talk to you then. Take care.